I think that you have to really hear yourself to know who you are and then you can be truly authentic whether it's in your work or in your life but we don't spend enough time with ourselves this is the fucking problem and when we do spend time with ourselves we are like tick 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 watching some shit like doing you know we keep ourselves so busy in the society that we live in when you see someone spending time by themselves or being alone a lot you're like ye to pagal hai we even do this for children we never allow children to even be alone like you have to learn how to spend time with yourself it is not ki tum pagal ho you spend enough time with yourself you understand who you are what you want and then it becomes easier for you to express yourself a certain way and actually truly not give a f- anushka manchanda is a singer music producer composer creative entrepreneur actor and activist her 20 year career graph in music began at the age of 17 when she became a member of the indie pop girl group viva that won the reality show channel v india's pop stars under her artist moniker kiss nuka she combines her multidisciplinary art with activism amplifying messages of equality animal rights and a more sustainable earth aditi i can tell what we just heard about spending time with ourselves yeah i know that that really resonated with you can you tell me what you feel when you hear that oh man i have a dramatic story from my childhood which i'm not even 100% sure if it's true or not like it's one of those mm. stories where i've told it so often now that i'm that it's true okay yeah. and and how do we get that no and the yeah. story is i was in 6th standard and a drama queen and i was in boarding school and during one of my holidays i tell my dad and i was 12 and i was like papa i feel really lonely and my dad is a weird person to complain to because my dad was a complete loner you know mm-hmm. uh, i lost my birth mom he lost his wife when i was much younger and he had remained single his entire life mm-hmm. and i always thought oh you know he's a lonely person and he just turned to me and he's like no i am not lonely aditi because i have learned how to spend time with myself and if you can't spend time with yourself if you can't entertain yourself how do you expect other people to want to spend time with you or be entertained by you and mm. i think that statement has stuck with me my entire life but it is something that i have only learned the importance of in the past few years of my life but as indian women we hardly get time to ourselves mm. we hardly get time to listen to ourselves you're doing this doing that i know lots of women who you know use their one hour to exercise as just a time to get away as just a time mm. to get out of the house be able to you know focus on their own thoughts time to give yourself a walk in the evening we f- have to struggle to find ways to be alone as women and the fact that anushka pointed out that actually that's the key that being alone is the key to hearing yourself and the moment you hear yourself is when you're able to be more truthful to yourself mm. i think that's incredibly powerful and i would recommend to everyone who is listening right now as anushka said spend some time by yourself doing nothing not even watching anything just going out for a walk you know staring outside the window we are a podcast called women in labor but a woman in leisure is as powerful and as contemplative and as important to a woman in labor. 
Yeah. And I think that time alone isn't like time with you scrolling on your phone. Like that isn't time for a reflection, right? Like truly time alone means you are not on Instagram. You're yeah. not, you know, that doesn't count. Yeah. And so much of what she said resonates with me as well, because I think we're often told who we need to be, what choices we need to make, do this, be like that, you know, do these things in your work, do these things at home. You must like this. You must look like this. All of these kind of things that that idea of what you want and your own internal voice often gets pressed down and pressed down and pressed down. And it's often hard to hear what it is that you want to do. Like, what is it that you want to be? What are the choices that you want to make? And because we're surrounded by so much of that noise, I think taking time for yourself and really thinking about those things, not on Instagram, but really, you know, like on your own is where you can start to let that little voice come back out, you know, and and spend some time thinking about it and reflecting on it. So we're very excited to hear from Anushka, both for her incredible creative work that she's done, her technical skills, but also the incredible journey she's taken inward. So let's welcome her in. So hi, Anushka. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Women in Labor. I'm going to start with this. You personally actually were a very important part of my life uh, for a very long time. And at the cost of sounding creepy, of course, I thought that this would be the <laughs> an appropriate opening. Um, you've been working for how many years now? 20 years now. And you're what, 21? <laughs> <laughs> I'm th- I, turned, I turned 38 this year. Man, shut up. And so you started working. I mean, man, shut up means in that esoteric sense. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> for 20 years. Yeah. Can you take us back to, I guess... You know, your first day at work. My first official day at work was, I think everything happened by accident. And of course, there are no accidents. And pretty much most of my life, the decisions that I've made have been me going with the flow. The time of my life that I didn't really go with the flow and I tried to push things that weren't really happening was a colossal waste of time. Good lesson learned. Um, I have made few adjustments to my philosophy of going with the flow over the years. But that's largely what it was. I just showed up to this contest because I didn't want to study because I had my pre-board exams <laughs> in Delhi. Hmm. And it was a whole bunch of events that led to it. My family and I were supposed to move to the States. We had already got our visas. My dad had already left. And then I got bitten by my dog. That's why I have this scar on my lip. And then I had to have these multiple surgeries. So we ended up staying. And while this was happening, this contest was announced on television. And... The only reason my parents let me go during these like major pre-board examinations in Delhi was because they felt that after I had this experience, it would be good for my morale, good for my confidence. I didn't care. I just didn't want to study yet. That's why I wanted to go. (laughs) And then that was it. I got through. I was part of a girl band. And I mean, now I can look back and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe it was meant to be. But like everything just kind of happened to me at the time. My first day of work. I don't quite remember. I just remember coming to Bombay and, you know, being brought into this like amazing penthouse apartment in Bandra and being like, okay, this is where you girls are going to live and this is where we're going to shoot you. And they told us, oh, you know what? The art director of Dil Chata has actually designed this entire house. Mm. That was was my first day. (laughs) (laughs) Let me lay down the phenomenon that is Anushka Manchanda. 
what happened was uh, so they announced this Channel V pop stars okay and everyone was watching and everyone was like this is crazy Anushka shows up and that dog bite of yours was sort of the introduction to Anushka while she was standing in line right mm-hmm. waiting for the auditions to happen and everyone is watching the show with rapt attention we didn't have the internet back then okay mm-hmm. and I think that you know Channel V pop stars was also sort of the first of its kind in terms of format yeah mm-hmm. And so everyone is watching. Anushka has a dog bite. She goes into the audition room. And one of the rounds prior to when they get to the audition room was that they were given a piece of music, you know, a tune. And they had to fit some lyrics into a random tune. And I'm telling you, that played because out of every person that had auditioned for that show, Anushka had done that round so well Mm. That that played on loop for at least, I think, three months. Um, just that promo bit of uh, Anushka doing Chura liya hai tumne jo dil ko in like a jazz swing. And oh I'm my telling, god. I don't even remember hai tumne jo dil ko. Oh my god. Nazar nahi churana sanam. Badal ke meri tum I told you. Oh I told you. I told you. That is, that's insane. I can't believe that you remember. That is, that's amazing. You are a whole moment in the zeitgeist of what music was, what reality TV was and really what you're doing right now. You don't understand the way, I mean, like I have goosebumps at doing it because it also pulls back so much of my own childhood and Mm. so much of my own memories of growing up and all that stuff. You've been working for far too long, ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> for, for uh, far too long I feel like I have just started like the phase that I'm in right now like I've been calling it phase two of my life and it's like I feel like I've just begun mm. it's amazing clearly I don't have a life beyond this like <laughs> <laughs> what was your general sort of like family reaction to you starting work at that age did they have any other ideas or plans for how they saw your life plan out my mother is a pretty fiercely independent woman always Mm. has been you know and a lot of the time that we were growing up my dad was on the ship so he would be out for you know six eight months at a time and then he would come back for six eight months at a time and so my mom had this like big responsibility in Delhi you know to bring up my brother and me. And so I think that, you know, my mother is an, actually an extremely hardworking woman and she's very enterprising also. This I realize now when I look back and I'm very much like her. So I think uh, the age when this was happening, it was never a consideration. It was never a conversation. Mm. And I think it's just because of where she comes from more than, you know, even my father. My father's super chill. So... Mm. And you know, you had said that a lot of it is stuff that happened to you that yeah. you have been reacting to. Yeah. And the one time that you did try to channel it into something was, you know, you got a couple of lessons out of it. Yes. Ji, can you talk to us about that journey? Uh, you know, the time that you tried to control the things that are happening to you and yeah. also bring us to now to what you are consciously trying to do. Are you trying to be, are you trying to control what is happening to you or what you're doing? How's that going? I want to start with, and I tell a lot of people about this red jeans, blue jeans story. It helps to make sense of this idea of the universe presenting you with certain opportunities and what it means to kind of go with the flow. So I want to go to a party 
and uh, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to wear my red jeans. And then I'm like, hmm, actually, you know what? The blue jeans are also kind of nice. Maybe I'm going to wear my blue jeans. No, 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 no. I want to wear my red jeans. The red jeans are it. Like this is the look for the party. So I have a shower. I come out and I start looking for the red jeans. And I find the blue jeans. And I'm like, hmm, but uh, this wasn't really my first option. Okay, so I continue to look for the red jeans. And now it's like 45 minutes later, I'm sweating. I'm late for the party. Yeah. Didn't ma matter that I took a shower because I have to take another shower. And I haven't found the red jeans, but the blue jeans are right there. And I think that this is what sometimes, you know, the universe does. Like it presents you with certain opportunities, which are just so, it's so easy to go with the flow. Like you just flow into them. And then there are certain things that you, you're banging your head against the wall trying to do. And it's not happening. And the idea, I think the practice, it's because it is a practice. The practice is to recognize the things that are actually flowing and the things that are getting stuck. And mm. it doesn't mean that I'm never going to wear the red jeans again. It's just that I'll push it to maybe a later time whenever I find them. And I will make the most of the blue jeans and get to the party on time smelling nice, you know, not sweaty. <laughs> so, and I was kind of doing this without even thinking about it with Shkabang, which was an electronic music act that I was trying to put together. It was around 2010. That was where I was trying hard to do something that just wasn't working. And it wasn't working for several reasons. And it wasn't working for a long time. And I spent almost like three and a half years trying to, you know, push it through. And that was where I should have recognized at the beginning that this is something that's not working, you know, and then kind of let it go and focused my energies elsewhere. Then two years ago, I met this gentleman who became like a mentor to me. And um, when I met him, I was telling him, you know, like, I, I don't like to make plans and I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. So I can't make these like one year, six month, one year plans. Hmm. And, you know, I'm quite disorganized. And he, over the course of like a year and a half, really taught me how important it is to have a certain kind of discipline when it comes to your work. And it was pretty amazing because it really did help me to to sort through all this intangible, hmm. you know, stuff that was going on in my head and around me and helped me to make it tangible because I started to write it down. I started to put it down. It also helped me to communicate better with people who are coming on board to work with me what exactly it is that I wanted to do because I was actually laying it down and I think for me right now where I am is somewhere now in between these two things one is like complete you know let go and just go like with the flow and the other one is like super planned I found this amazing space uh, in between and this is something a friend of mine told me in 2015 which I only understood years later I have found a dynamic structure for limitless flow. Wow. Okay, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Iski 15 minute ki meditation lagao abhi ke abhi. Main <laughs> this is the best. I, and I have said this to anyone who's willing to listen. I'm like, guys, dynamic structure for limitless flow, which means that you have some kind of a structure so that you're not flowing all over the place like a crazy person. Mm. But the structure is dynamic, which means that it can change at any time. So you can pivot at any moment. I'm also a little bit commitment phobic to the things that I'm not like. There are some things that I'm 100% sure about where there is no problem with commitment. But 
by and large when i have to commit outside of myself to other people for things i'm just like mm, i don't know, <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> so this format has also helped me to stay focused and it doesn't make me feel like i'm locked in so i have my freedom but i also have this structure that allows me to channel my energy properly so this is where i am at the moment dynamic structure for limitless flow wow <laughs> i feel like i need to see that on some sort of like guru marketing yeah that's <laughs> dynamic dude TED this talk, is the name this is the name of a 15 minute meditation on uh, on uh, like Combined. i think either the fitbit website or something like that which is just... but there is something to be said about structure and i would even go so far as to say like to it's not just about work i think it's also about how you live your life and i have been one of the messiest people that i know you know for the longest time in my life like i would just pick up all my clothes and dump them in the cupboard and you know there was always like stuff always lying around then i read marie kondo's the life changing magic of tidying up and it truly has completely actually changed my life to actually organize things in a way that again bring kind of structure into even the space around you whether it's all the stuff that you have in your kitchen or like your clothing your bedroom or how you keep mm. your linen or whatever it is it really reduces the amount of time that you need to spend sort of putting all of those things in order looking for them whenever you have to actually use these materials or products or whatever it is and frees up the time that you have with yourself to actually think of and do the things that your mind can only do when it's free there is also something to say about being bored like we don't even allow ourselves that much time with us we're always constantly busy you know mm. you actually come up with the best ideas when you give yourself some space so i think this organization thing and it's really like my friends now they cannot believe i am the same person whether it's like keeping a space minimal i got rid of like 70% of my possessions after i read this book i gave them away i distributed them to people i donated stuff and now I use and wear and keep only the things that actually truly matter to me give me joy and I don't save sh- for later. I use my things properly also this like middle class upbringing that we all have you know most of us where we're like we'll eat in plastic plates but when people come from outside <laughs> we'll give them proper plates to eat in and to be able to change that for myself like I'm going to wear all my best stuff for myself every day. I'm going to wear jewelry every day like I'm going to dress up every day I'm going to keep my space you know beautifully I'm going to eat the best way that I can every day and it's really been a process to get here but it has been really life changing because it's made me value myself more and it's brought me to a place where I never thought that I could actually be alone but I love spending time with myself and I think this is why you know because I give myself that love and that importance and that special treatment every day you know it's interesting i we've touched base a bit on like some of the bigger ideas and your journey and i also want to talk a bit about the technical aspects yeah of your work which is so cool i noticed that you post a lot of videos of you like digging deep into some premiere pro and some technical software which i am also really Woo-hoo! into digging into some premiere pro which is video editing software yeah. but really doing that technical post production work why did you decide to really put that forward you could just have put forward the end product of whatever you are doing why do you also decide to put out videos of you 
on the post-production timeline, moving things around and, you know, doing the mechanics of this really technical work? There are a lot of people who would like watch a music video or listen to an audio track and that would be it. Like that's their experience of the work that you've done. But there are people who dig deeper. And for those who dig deeper, like I feel I'm so committed to what I'm doing and I put so much of myself into that. I think that that for me also changes the value of my work. So that was one of the reasons. The second thing also was that I felt like I think it's important for artists to arm themselves with a certain amount of technical knowledge because then you're not dependent on someone else to do your things for you, which I was. And this is the only reason I started learning how to use all these software because I was just fried trying to like get other people to feel as excited as I was about, you know, the things that I was doing or get them to commit like the way that I was committed it was just easier for me to learn it myself. And I'm also a bit of a control freak like that, you know, like I'm very open when I'm working with people to have like ideas and stuff come in, but I'm very clear about what I'm doing. So it's easier for me to be able to control it myself. And then the third thing was, I also found that because people knew that I was making like these, this is what we were saying, you know, I'm an audiovisual artist and I have all this video work that I've done, like not just my own, but I've been doing a lot of editing work for other people as well. There was a lot of, technicians who are actually on my page mm. and I thought that these are real hacks cool. that I found you know <laughs> that yeah. I wanted to share with people I was like you don't need some major post-production studio to do some of these basic things and there are all these amazing jobs that you can do like if you want to be a part of a creative process and you're like oh but you know I don't know how to you know sing or I don't know how to do a certain thing there's like a gamut of things actually that you can get involved with but you need to know about it Mm. So it's like a little bit of awareness about those things as well, because I do think that women actually make really, really good technicians because we have attention to detail and we have like this, have a really great emotional sensibility. Like I think some of the best editors in the world are women. Mm. Oh God, finding an editor is like a good editor is so hard. <laughs> so I hope that it inspires more people to to look at these particular skill sets as actually an opportunity to not just like do it as a job, but to express themselves, you know, to enjoy something that they can do creatively. Mm. I think people yeah. also limit themselves to that idea of like, oh, I want to do a job, but I'm not a creative person. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things within the creative field that you can do, but you just need to know about it. That's all. Mm. I found it so refreshing to see your videos because as someone that is also in post-production and I love getting my hands on an edit, Yeah. if I don't know how to do something or, you know, and I'm Googling like a YouTube video, how to do it, yeah. you know, it's always a bunch of dudes that, you know, are doing the post-production editing. I rarely see a woman being like, this is how, like I saw on your Instagram page, like making the multiple arms yeah, in the yeah. video, you know, where basically you're showing step yeah. by step how to do it. It was so, so refreshing to see you do those videos. I just really appreciated it. That's so cool. And what I also want to know is, so you've been doing this, I mean, you've been in the industry for 20 years. Yeah. How have you seen the representation of, of women in some of these more technical positions change? Like whether that's post-production editors you know, mixing and mastering, audio, just sound technicians. Have you seen that change? No, no, it's pretty dismal. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not 
so many there are a lot more women directors and they are being taken a lot more seriously like i see that when i go to do like voiceovers for ads mm. you know there'll be like a bunch of like men sitting in a room and like one woman yeah who's the director and it's not you know i'm not generalizing but there is a lot of like uh, there is a masculine and feminine energy for everyone and as a woman working in that kind of space you do have to sort of push out a more masculine commanding presence to be taken seriously in this field like especially when it comes to like the more commercial part of the industry where it's not so much about being artistic but about doing a job i think it gets kind of harder and uh, i haven't met a lot of women who are mixing mastering no not really you know editors i know that there are like even when i go into the grading studio like i've never seen any women working there engineers in the studio maybe two places so far that i can remember yeah there's not too many of us another uplifting note for women in labor <laughs> i you know what i but i don't know what the reason for it is you know and I, and i actually was on a panel with a bunch of other women who are from the music industry talking about things like for example safety in the studio mm. late night sessions mm. you're a recording engineer someone's coming in at like 2 o'clock in the morning to record now you're in the studio with a whole bunch of men as usual mm. and you finish late and you have to go back home by yourself okay that's one part of it the second part of it like uh, another thing which actually sneha kanwalkar said and i'll never i'm never ever going to forget this and she was like what about the state of the bathrooms in the studios yeah you know it's <laughs> basic comfort i'm working in the studio the whole day i want to be able to go to the bathroom and pee in a clean bathroom mm-hmm. and there are like studios where people are just like it's men who are using the bathroom and wetting the whole place and blah 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 so it's across a whole bunch of things you know something as it sounds kind of superficial like this bathroom story as opposed to like not feeling say safe in the studio but i don't know it doesn't seem so conducive for women and i've learned how to hover <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's actually the the point that you brought up about toilets is actually baseline it is baseline yeah. like i mean i need to be able to take a piss so that my mind is free so that i'm not like <laughs> yeah. sitting there with goosebumps for 6 hours in the in air conditioned studio because i haven't been able to piss Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That point you it's actually potent and very baseline. You have also sort of been a woman in the public eye for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and you have navigated I think what is one of the most uh, dynamic times in how women one we perceive ourselves and then how we present ourselves. Yeah. How does this come into your work? How does this sort of express itself through your work or does it and and should it see i think today in any case you know there is a lot of conversation about gender and i think it has opened up a whole different world of the things that people have to learn to accept and understand and so that really changes the game across the board it also it's like a new generation who thinks about things completely differently than my generation did or the generation before me so as far as like self expression goes we're in a really great place now much better than we were before 
I also come from a place of privilege in that sense, you know, or like I just want to say that I've been blessed because if my parents and my family weren't supportive about like these things that I'm doing, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like I can only go out into the world and be like the, the only way that the mainstream media knows how to describe my way of life, bold. I could only go out there and be bold in my choices and my actions and my expression because I know that my family has my back. I don't care about what anybody else says because they get it. Now, I often think about the people who don't have that kind of strong family structure or support and how much harder it is to deal with the shit from the world when you don't have that strength mm. from your base. Mm. So I think that really changes things. And so for me to go out there and do a music video where, you know, I'm making out with another woman, you know, because that's the story that we want to tell or like I'm not wearing anything because I've done prosthetics and, you know, whatever it is, I feel like I am being true to the work, like I'm being true to the art. I'm not getting naked or like, you know, being a certain way or speaking a certain way or pushing a narrative out there that I don't believe in. And this is the thing. It's just about being authentic to who you are. And it takes a while to kind of come around to it because there's so much of information coming in from everywhere. And people who love you, giving you advice or like feedback from whatever fans or like work that you've done with other technicians, you know, artists, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then this whole thing about what works and what doesn't, what's popular, what isn't, what's successful, what isn't, mm. which kind of it can bleed into your work and how you actually take decisions to shape it. And I reached this point where I really felt like I, and I used to say this, but I don't really care about what other people think, you know, but I mm -hmm. kind of did. I came to this point where I genuinely didn't care about what other people thought. I didn't need validation from other people anymore. And that is really, truly what set me free. After that, I realized it's not other people's expectations of me. It's actually my expectations of myself that I'm being so hard on myself. And this is something that I had to break. Like I really worked hard at this year. And then this feeling of being a woman and finding like my femininity and like celebrating it. Shringar, Sontarya, like whatever, you know, all of that stuff. I really, it was so beautiful and it was so amazing. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in that book called Outliers, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you are a, a product of your surroundings. I grew up in a family. Now my mom and my dad went to like catering college. They never really put so much pressure on us about, you know, studying to become an engineer or a doctor or like get a stable job or anything like that. Because they were like that, this is the space that we grew up in where we were, you know, experimenting with music far before we actually reached a point to consider it as a profession. So it really is, you know, like you are really a sum of your surroundings until the time that you actually realize that you can also break that if you want to. By recognizing that this is what it is, pulling yourself out of that, breaking like these long cycles of like generations, blah, blah, blah. Another conversation. But uh, I think that you have to really hear yourself to know who you are and then you can be truly authentic, whether it's in your work or in your life. But we don't spend enough time with ourselves. This is the problem and when we do spend time with ourselves we are like tick 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 watching some shit like doing you know we keep mm. ourselves so busy in the society that we live in when you see someone spending time by themselves or being alone a lot you're like ye to pagal hai. 
we even do this for children we never allow children to even be alone like you have to learn how to spend time with yourself it is not ki tum pagal ho you spend enough time with yourself you understand who you are what you want and then it becomes easier for you to express yourself a certain way and actually truly not give a f- Anushka it has been such a pleasure to have you on women in labor we are so grateful to hear your advice Aww. both on the larger how we can grow as people and in our professional roles and the technical front and your incredible creativity so thank you so much thank you so much us. such a thank such you. an amazing session i'm so happy thank actually you. nobody really talks to me about like at least the technical side of things and uh, Listen, i really... needed this session like i needed to hear you today i think you I really reminded this. me also of something so amazing you know there are like pieces of life that you kind of lose as you go along Yeah. And it's nice to be reminded. It's a good reminder of where you started. Like I can look back at myself and I'm like, good job, yeah. For more information on the podcast, please visit womeninlabor.com or search for Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Women in Labor is made by executive producers Christina McGilvery, Aditi Mittal and Laura Quinn. Head of production May Miriam Thomas Senior Producer Divita Oberoi Chief of Staff Priya Kapoor Marketing Director Mania Sachdeva American Center Team Joy King Purva Jassi Min Jong Bae and Radhika Sundar Junior Producer Niketana Kamal Junior Editor Yash Hirve Mix Engineer Kartik Kulkarni This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings and conclusions are those of women in labor and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State.